0: Save one for the trouble, two for the time Come on, y'all, let's rock this You save one for the trouble, two for the time Now bring the ring and a total combined weight
1: of 419 pounds From Chapel Hill, North Carolina Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hansborough
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the pilot episode of the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. I'm Brandon, your co-host, along with the Big Hulk.
1: This is Big Hulk, Big Dog. Welcome to SHWW Pod. Uh, looking forward to our first episode.
0: Like I said in our my opener here, you know, my little teaser video that I posted to the gram, which if you don't follow at Sleephawk Worldwide, uh, you should because you're making a huge mistake if you don't. Uh, We don't really know what we're doing yet, but that's okay because we're going to figure this shit out as we go um, in the spirit of entrepreneurship in the American way. Uh, So what we're going to jump into tonight is a whole amalgamation of different topics, uh, probably some of which will be totally irrelevant by the time you listen to this, but true to form, it's going to be awesome. So um, yeah, we're um, going to jump into a lot of things here. There's a few things that we need to let you know about. One. Uh, again, we don't know what we're doing, but two, if you want us to talk about something, that would be a huge help, right? Because like I just said, we're not really hundred percent sure what we're even doing here. So it'd be really great if you tell us what to do, uh, and we'll just follow your lead. So you can at, DM us at sleepwalk worldwide. You can DM me, Brandon at BK Staten. You can DM Tyler at master hands, uh you can do if you got a phone number
1: you text us whatever you want to do but uh you know we're people pleasers dm us get in our dms let us know what's up we'd love to talk about anything um you know we're trying to catch our rhythm we actually have no game plan here the last thing that we want to do on this podcast is try to be scripted um you know the way i equivalent i i equivalent or equate this to uh You know, you don't just give Picasso an idea. You just give him a canvas and a paintbrush. Mm. So this is what we're trying to do here with this podcast. And we want to talk about what you want to talk about. So hit us up. Let us know. Obviously, we're going to be talking a lot about sports, current issues. But we honestly have no game plan. So we'll talk about anything. Nothing's off the table. We we will call anybody out, too. So we have no allegiances. We do this for absolutely free and fun because we enjoy doing this. At this point in time, uh, obviously, uh, if you want to sponsor us, we're not going to turn money down. Uh, what we're going to do with it is just spend it on gold chains and ice, but uh, hit us up. Let us know what you want to talk about. Absolutely. So
0: one thing I think is the best way to introduce this whole thing is the, the story about how Tyler and I first met um, and like we were acquaintances in college, like. This guy was obviously a basketball player. I was uh, super well known as the uh, sports editor of the Daily Tar Heel, uh, nationally a reputable uh, daily publication of the University of North Carolina, independent of the university, uh, but you know, uh, one and the same. And you know so I covered the team and I knew Tyler a little bit. Probably Tyler probably knew me a little bit. We had some interactions here and there through mutual friends, but never really hung out. And uh, one day we were playing golf uh, together at Finley. Uh, which is UNC's home course uh, through a mutual buddy of ours who uh, who hates on everything we do. Shout out, Cam. Um, And so, you know, we all set up on the tee box and like I'm not going to lie, like I'm even a little bit older than T here. But, you know, I mean, it's Tyler Hansenberg. You don't want to UNC like everybody else. And, you know, I'm like, all right, cool. I'm a big fan of this dude. Like, uh, you know, not trying to uh get on his nerves whatever yada 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 just straight pipe my drive all right piped it down the left side uh i didn't quite pipe it as far as everybody else did because you know i'm not very good at golf but so i'm sitting here with like position a like good ball down the middle everybody hits the drive in the fairway um i got an approach shot probably call it 150 165 because of course these guys want to play from the tournament tees like we're tiger woods and we all suck um And so Tyler's over there, like, in the tree line uh, because his cart's on path. And he's, like, just getting out of the cart. And I have a tendency to strike the ball with an open club face. I hit an absolute piss missile slice. And it comes within, what do you say, T, like, eight inches. It was right at me. Eight Um, inches. I hit
1: the deck. Uh, (laughs) I thought it was going to take me out, and I just started dying. Uh, Cam was with us. Cam, of course, is – the most serious golfer that we know. He happens to be one of our best friends from college, too. Nobody wants to play from the tournament tees. Mm -hmm. I mean, the blue tees are hard enough. But Cam's a guy that goes to the golf course, and when we want to play from the blue tees, he says, go ahead, you guys play from the tournament tees. And so that's kind of the dynamic with Cam. Uh, We'll have Cam on here once in a while. Uh, but we'll build a base before we uh, bring him on here because we're trying to get some people to listen. Yeah, we need
0: support. not Yeah. You know.
1: And that's, that's kind of how me and uh, Sleepy built this relationship. And we started talking. This whole thing came together on the golf course. And Sleep worked for the DTH. Uh, not a fan of the DTH. <laughs> was never a fan of the DTH. There is no more negative press that happens at UNC than its own school newspaper. And it used to piss me off so much going into Sutton's, ordering a big breakfast like I did about every day of the week, like every other athlete. Sutton's is a staple. Um, Sit down, order a big breakfast, pick up the the university newspaper, and they just hating on it. Hating on Coach Williams, hating on the basketball team, hating on the football team, hating on every sport out there. And it just drove me crazy. I would look at the picks that they have on, you know, seventh page or something like that, and they rarely ever picked us to win. But that's uh, that was then, and this is now, so we've come a long way. Uh, but... Yeah, that's how me and Sleep's relationship were. It was started right there on the golf course. And I'll tell you, like as a
0: as a journalism major in college, the one thing I tell people all the time is they ask me, you know, what would you major in? And I tell them I was a journalism major, and the one thing I learned was I didn't want to be a journalist. And, you know, that's kind of a tongue-in-cheek, it's a joke. I'm on the alumni board of the J School now, which is a whole totally different story. Uh, great university, great, great school, really uh, top of the, you know, top of their class and, and really everything they teach and everything they do and the way they go about it, the faculty, everything. Um, and that's another story for a different day, but realistically, like, here's the thing I think a lot of people don't understand about the Daily Tar Heel and about the sort of journalism stuff in general. So yes, I also was not a huge fan of Daily Tar Heel because like every time I was, I was a fan. Right. And so when I would try to write things that were sort of biased, right, you're taught in school, to leave your bias out of it. But anything, anytime I was like, Hey, like we are the number one team in the country. Let's write like a good story about that. Like it sort of got shot down because there was this like overcompensation at the DTH because it's an independent entity. It's like it literally is unaffiliated with the university. It's independent. It raises its own money. We were poor as dirt. I used to make $300 a month, I think, to be the editor of the newspaper. And I bet I worked 40 hours a week. Anyway, this isn't a diatribe on the, 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 the tribulations of the DTH. Just trying to throw them a bone here because that's where I cut my teeth and where a lot of really, really good journalists have come from. Um, and so anyway, they definitely get a bad rap. Uh, and then I think a lot of the kids, when they graduate, they sort of realize, hey, like, I thought I knew everything then. I mean, I was certainly one of those people. And, you know, if I knew now what I knew then, anyway. But the cool thing that I got out of it was interacting and covering a lot of sports and really just, uh, you know, like I said, sort of learning the ropes there, but, uh, but yeah, so it's kind of an interesting pair here that, uh, two people, uh, from paths that sort of, yeah, diabolically were against each other are now on the airwaves and, uh, just bringing the noise.
1: I had no idea that DTH was independent, but I will say what kicked off my, not hatred, I don't hate it. Uh. My dislike or something just kind of pissed me off was the fact that my freshman year on the UNC basketball team, they had just won the championship, Sean May, Raymond Felton, Marvin Williams, Jawad Williams, all those guys, and then they left, and then you have my class coming in. Um, we had some big names, Frazier, McDonald's All-American, myself, uh-huh. McDonald's All-American, Danny Green, McDonald's All-American. NBA champ. Yeah. Um then we have Marcus Ginyard, who is a done. very good player, very very good player. Probably should have been a McDonald's All American. And then we have Mike Copeland. And it wasn't the fact that we wanted this; we wanted support from our school. And we were—it was hard enough because we looked at ourselves as already being written off, and it's a rebuilding year. And I hated hearing that and put a chip on my shoulder instantly. And when I read the DTH and I wasn't getting support from my own university. It pissed me off more. And so it made me want to go out there and prove them wrong. And so it just, ever since that, I had a hard time letting that go. And we had a good year that year, by the way, but that's where that whole, um, that's how that started with the DTH.
0: Yeah, you guys had a great year. I think you way exceeded a lot of people's expectations. And I think the thing about the DTH too, uh, which is kind of interesting is that, you know, they have this, they definitely have the reputation they're student journalists and a lot of times man, the first things i ever wrote for the daily tar Heel, like there's so much that i have literally published in that paper that i really wish i could take back right you're you're 17 18 19 years old uh, you know, you're going to the bar every night. You're like, think that you're just untouchable and then every, that your opinion matters so much. And this is really before the age of like social media and some really good stories have come out of there. They, but they, I think, again, they kind of overcompensate by trying to maintain their independence. They raise their own budget. They sell ads and, and do those things. Like they, they are totally not funded by the school. And that's a common misconception that I think a lot of people have. But nonetheless, they definitely ride this the the school sports and and there's a um you know i think a fundamental shift that's starting to occur in journalism where the bias is just out there on the in the in the wide open now right so i mean just be a community paper um and there's a there's a constant struggle i think between you know what they're educated to do and these 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 students are awesome they're like very smart and, and way way ahead of the curve in a lot of ways and they're they're vying for national national positions when they get out of school so you know they have to sort of be a little bit uh uh they have to have kind of thick skin but nonetheless uh it was the silver lining for me was man i went to the college world series i went to the acc championship i saw i was there uh, you know when uh at the the duke game the henderson game there's one game i was ever at one duke game that i've ever been to was that game and uh and you know i was like right there on the baseline so anyway, man, it's given me some cool experiences. John Bunning, the old coach, like this is a great story with me and Cam, uh, our buddy again. Like he once yelled at me after a twenty-three to nothing loss at UVA, and I believe it was two thousand six on national television. Uh, he was fired uh, that following Monday, uh, so I sort of got my my vengeance. But anyway, man, there's some cool stories and whatnot. But nonetheless, um, yeah, I, I love can, I Bunning. I not disagree with you. I love Bunning by the Carolina way, Carolina guy. All through. Big and through.
1: Carolina guy, uh, really embraced the school. And uh, it was just unfortunate that the teams didn't really pan out like the school or the fans wanted, but you can't knock that guy for trying. Dude,
0: recruited Hakeem Nix, recruited yeah. B, uh, Brandon Tate, recruited TJ Yates. I think all of those were his recruits. Um, no, I could be wrong about TJ, but anyway, I mean they had some
1: good, they had some talent under. We're it not, under him. We, yeah, we're not sitting here saying he should have a job, but he was very good for the school, uh, represented it very well. Um, really nice guy. Every time I talk to him, um, but yeah, I mean the DTH has had some good, good uh, editors come out of there. And the one thing that I hate about that though is uh, the journalism school in North Carolina is big time. It's one of the best in the country. And to think that they're taking some of their journalists that are highly educated, very smart, and directing them on how to like write a certain article or how to twist it—it's kind of taken away from the the kind of the potential that that writer has. I feel like the journalism school at North Carolina has very good talent when it comes to journalism and to think that they're being like told kind of like how to say or what they can say. Imagine if they just said you write the article and we'll see what happens. I think it'd be great. I think we'll see what happens, but that's not always what happens in news. So, so uh, that
0: just to be clear, that is a big issue with the DTH in general, the, the, the J school. There's, there's, and I'll, I'll get off of this. Cause I know you guys probably don't care as much about the J school as me and T do. And uh, sort of the media in general is, is definitely something I think we're all tired of. But, uh, effectively what, um, man, this is what always amazed me about the current climate of like the perception of the media is I go to, I go to UNC. It's obviously a liberal media school by all standards, like the New York times. When I was there, was a required reading in one of our classes. Um, they taught us uh, some essential core principles to, uh, check the facts, check your source, report the facts, check your sources and report the news, don't make the news. One of my best professors who left the, uh, left, and is now the dean of uh, of a different journalism school, told me, if your mom says she loves you, you better check and make sure. And it was one of those things that just sort of followed you around all, at all times. And now you see that, and, and, and that's what's taught. Uh, and it's really not what's implemented in a lot of ways. But, you know, neither here nor there. So I think a lot of the issues with the DTH stem from the DTH's overcompensation to, to remain independent as opposed to, hey, if all we write are um feel good stories about UNC and basketball and football and this, that, and the other, we're somehow gonna be biased. Uh and I think there's the, the the truth is somewhere in the middle, no one is as critical of a team than their fans. You see that in a lot of a lot of sports and with a lot of teams. But at the same time, like you gotta live, man. When when you're winning national championships and when you're pumping out NBA stars and you're having like you know uh, a great success on the football field as we are here recently until this weekend, you gotta you gotta embrace that. You gotta enjoy it. And 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 part of telling the truth is when, when, when the grass is green, you, you water it. So anyway, that's uh, that's kind of where we stand on that there, and uh, that's a pretty good segue into I think um, the devastating, crushing loss to Florida State
1: last week. And did you watch the game? I watched the game. Uh, at first, I thought it was going to be an absolute blowout in the first half. But um, I like the way we fought in the second half. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know a thing about football, uh, especially college football. Um, I'll talk about that later and what I have an issue with college football. But I like the way our guys fought back, uh, gave ourselves a chance. I'm big on our quarterback, Sam Howell. I, I, he really showed – um, of stud. man, he, he, he battled till the end. I respected that as an athlete. Yeah. And, and,
0: and you know, the, the easy thing to do, I think is jump on late. You know, I, I was, I had a friggin' even in COVID, your friends get married on game day. Like, come on, dude. I don't understand it. Like, that's the worst part about having friends is your friends get married and they always want to get married on Saturday. Like, get married on Thursday. Because, like, then I call out of work, which is awesome. Uh, like, I'm not, maybe I'm missing the Browns and, what, Jets game or something that they show on Thursday night. Like, I'm all in. Like, any night. It was Saturday, Sunday. Like, just let us have it, man. Like, anyway, even during a pandemic where you're not even supposed to get married. I was at a wedding. And I'm one of those fans where we're getting blown out. I think, like, 31-7, first half. And that's all on me. Right? I'm not there. I'm not watching the game. And therefore, we're just just pissing in the bed, so you know wedding, I get out of there, make it back, and tune in second half kickoff. what happens? I mean just straight rally right? I mean, we are taking off chunk plays one after it 's like playing Madden on easy mode or beginner mode, which i don 't play Madden because I suck at that too, but uh, as you'll see, is a theme of uh, me and anything uh, regarding athletics at this stage of my life. I'm not very good at, including Madden. But nonetheless, dude, we are charging. We're making a comeback. Like, and then, then it happens. Right? We were like going down the field. The first issue was, you know, they had the pass interference. They called. Next play, I think they throw it deep to Corrales. Guys, got. I mean, like straight about to yank this dude's jersey off. Right. I mean, Ray Charles could have seen this was pass interference. No call. All right. Like, still should have caught the ball. Uh, But hey, I'm not there. Right. I don't understand, like, what, you know, this dude having tugging on my shirt has to do with, you know, me being able to make the call or the catch. So, yeah, I can't blame Corrales when there's a, a clear foul on the play. And it's just devastating. The next ones, man, maybe a little pressure got to him, you know, and there's nothing wrong with his college kids. You know, that's one thing I think I'm going to take into this is like, you know, um, as a fan, you're standing there, you're screaming, like, how could you not catch these passes, right? And it's it's, it's demoralizing or whatnot. Um, but A, hey, these dudes are like, I'll be like, you got it. Like I said, I was just talking about it. Like, you got to ride it while it's high. And so to just dog these guys for dropping balls, like, look, man, this is college football. These guys are in a new place. Um, even last year, the temperature was just. I mean, you show up at kickoff and there is not an empty seat in the stadium. Um, it's the Mac Brown effect, and the, probably the fact that they sell these like twenty-two ounce white claws at the place now, which you know can't hurt. Uh, but I'm talking about the, 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 the this is like fever pitch, man. People love Carolina football, and even though we lose, we're still in the top fifteen, and you know we could theoretically still win out. We've got games this weekend against a ranked NC State. We still got ranked Notre Dame. We still got ranked Miami. We went out somehow. And, you know, we're in the – probably in the ACC championship playing Clemson, you know, and have have been tested, have lost the game that we should have won. And now all of a sudden, dude, you never know. And, of course, as I've said all season long, we're probably going to, like, get to the college football playoff in the year where, like, half of the country isn't playing.
1: Listen, I mean, it, it was a – Probably our first big road game. Uh, I love Mac Brown. I love how he's brought our football team uh, full circle, and really given our fans uh, a lot of energy. Um, you know, with the COVID crisis, I wish we could we could experience this in person. But I think you know it's an early season. Uh, you know, no one. You know, who knows what's going to happen? Uh, who's going to lose? Who's going to win? Out. Still a lot to prove. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm actually watching these games. And I'm optimistic, and I feel like we generally, generally have a good chance at winning some of these things. Prior, I'd go in these games, ah, you know, maybe we'll get lucky. Now, I feel like we have a chance. I like, I like our quarterback, and uh, I like what Mac is doing. Yeah, you brought up one one other point
0: I want to make about the game, and I don't know what sort of influence it really has or, or didn't have on the game, but it's no small factor in my mind that this is. A Florida State team that's getting a night game against a rival, essentially. I mean, you know, we're not, you know, this isn't Duke or State or anything like that. And it's not for them. It's not Florida or Miami. But there has become a rivalry, especially when Mack Brown is involved. We've never beaten. Mack Brown's never beaten Florida State. The only 11 is Florida State. Think I think I'm right on that. Well, we have we can't afford fact checkers, so you'll just have to deal with it. Um, but there were like a quarter of the stadium. You know, you're down in Florida, and, like, they they allowed, like, 25% attendance. There's, like, 20,000 people at that game. It's a night game, 730, prime time, number five team in the country, and for the first time all year, you actually have fans. And granted, it's not packed. Clearly, it would have been if it could have been. But, I mean, 20,000 people is, like, something that some of these guys aren't used to. Um, You know, so there's that dynamic, too, that, you know, could have played a factor. And, you know, that's what home field advantage is all about, and, and I'm not complaining about that, you know good for their fans or good for their team and you know I personally hate Florida State as a team but whatever man I mean they they came out they played well and they beat us
1: protected their home court that's what uh, good teams do um but I will say you know that was our first big road game especially with with some fans so we'll see uh we've got a lot of things that we could happen and uh you know uh state big rival uh by the way I'm always for being state. I don't care what sport it is. Thousand percent. Yeah, no one, no one likes state, uh, unless you went to state. So um, then you really like state. Yeah. It's absurd. So let's let's see what happens this weekend.
0: Yeah. One thing I can commit to is uh, a. I'm not going to miss the first half. I'm not going to miss a minute. B, like our, I mean, our breakdown of the UNC NC State game is like, you might as well just cancel your ESPN plus subscription because from this point forward, you want to know what's going on with UNC athletics. Uh, and by UNC athletics, I pretty much mean UNC basketball and UNC football. Uh, you come here, you come to the Sleephawk worldwide, either the headquarters or the dog pound, and you're going to get everything you need to know about it all.
1: I mean, there's no more – two people are more loyal to North Carolina. So, are we biased? Absolutely, to North Carolina. And I will say we'll have players, we'll have coaches on this saying, we'll give you guys what you need to know on UNC, and we'll keep you up to date. Absolutely. Um, One thing that
0: else is going on in the sports world right now, which is also might as well be on the moon, is the World Series. Like, it just feels like – I don't even – like, if we spend 30 seconds talking about the World Series, like, that will be too much. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I mean, your boy uh, Sleep Dog here was once a uh, prodigious uh, left-handed pitcher for the Corlatan Cougars, um, then the Lewisburg College Hurricanes. So yeah, I, obviously I peaked extremely early. Uh, so I mean, I was consumed with baseball and literally, man, I could not name. I thought of this today. I can't name five people in the World Series right now. Kershaw, know him. Uh, Bellinger, know him. Is Seeger still on the Dodgers? I mean, he was a UNC guy, right? Or his brother was. Uh, Corey, Corey wasn't. Kyle was, right?
1: Listen, I know the Dodgers no are in
0: LA. Uh, <laughs> that's how
1: much baseball I watch. Um, I couldn't tell you. I actually watched a little bit, uh, and I'll lie. I'm the biggest. I'm from Missouri. I pull for the Cardinals. I couldn't name. I couldn't name a Cardinal right now. And I've been to a World Series. And I love the Cardinals. And if they're winning in their playoffs, I'll start pulling for them. But for me to watch a full baseball game, that's going to take a lot of effort, a lot of coffee, and um, some luck. So, yeah, I don't even know where to begin on the World mm. Series. Uh, maybe I'll watch Sports Center and see who won. That's about as far as I'll go.
0: So, I'm going I'm to interject uh, a political uh, comment here that has nothing really to do with politics other than I saw that there was some big ad that Biden played during the world series. And that has nothing to do. It could have been a Trump ad. I don't, I'm not even going to get into all that, but they said he paid $4 million for this ad. And I was like, dude, like you put that on a SleepHawk worldwide podcast for 400 bucks. And you're probably going to get the same reach. I mean, like who watches the world series except just straight up. I mean, I don't even know, man. Like my, I, I feel like I could be in the World Series, and my parents like might watch a
1: game or two. I, I would love for you guys to hit us up in the DMs or whatever. <laughs> Let us know if you actually watch a full baseball game, like and sit down in front of the TV, and you know get up every once in a while, eat, but not leave the house and actually pay attention and watch the game. That I'm, I'd be curious to see who actually does that.
0: Yeah, what am I missing? I mean, listen, I was – and it's hard to overstate how much of a baseball fan I was 10 years ago. I mean, I could tell you Rafael Belliard's on-base percentage. I couldn't name – I have I, – every time I watch, like, I catch a baseball game on TV, I'm like, this dude plays for that team. And, like, now the only thing I like about baseball now is this, the level of ice – I mean, you got a second baseman from somewhere, somewhere I've never heard of. I mean, this dude looks like just, I mean, he's got nine pounds of gold chains. I,
1: I, listen, here. I'll here for that. One thing I did notice, and I respect the chains. I mean, these aren't like small, like little hints of gold chains. This, I mean, these are what rappers rap Absolutely. This is what they, like, it was inspirational. I'm like, and, and one thing I said, I'm watching with my girlfriend, and I sit there, I was like, how in the hell do those guys play with those chains? Look how big they are. Full ride, and I respect it. And it's like all these country guys, you know, from the middle of nowhere, just rocking them. Then you have these other guys from other countries, just, just like, is it mandatory to have a gold, like a big-ass decked-out chain when you're playing on the big stage? Uh, because if you are... Um, I think other sports might be missing things, missing something. Because it definitely adds a dynamic that I like. I mean, just imagine if LeBron
0: showed up just wearing a stack. Just just six chains. I mean, just don't. I mean, because that's the thing. When some dude just absolutely belts a bomb to, like, right center field, it's cool, right? But when he's wearing seven
1: gold chains, it's a totally different element. agree. And that's the one thing I noticed about the whole game. I wouldn't even pay attention to the curveballs, the way the ball dipped, and I threw a hundred mile an hour. I was like, Jesus, what is that? Rose gold? Is that white gold? Is it diamond? Are diamonds in those things? That thing was just glossing, and it was one of the most impressive things I've seen in all of sport. And the fact that they're throwing—I mean, they're throwing—they're throwing heat, cheddar, and uh, I was just like laughing. Of course, half of them have a big ass dip in their mouth, mm. and uh, it, it just respect it. Um, I don't respect the dip. I'm not sitting there there Uh, saying, I'm talking about the chains, respect the drip, not the dip. That's what we're here for. So
0: anyway, world series, man, go, whoever's playing, who is the Dodgers and uh, the Rays. Wow. Okay, cool, man. Uh, can't wait to, to stay up till six o'clock in the morning to watch those West coast games. Uh, yeah. Somebody tell me who wins. Um, anyway, so baseball, yeah, is dead as far as I'm concerned. And, um, you know, from the sports world, that's that's uh, that's what we really feel like is going on right now. So, sort of pivoting back here to, you know, what you can expect long term, I think, from the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast is is more what you're hearing here, uh, and all, as well as what you tell us you want to hear, because we, again, are here for the people. Um, we're going to have some really cool guests, I think, over time. You know, T, I think one of the things that he's brought, that he will bring to the table is like man, he's got some cool stories, and I think one of the things that I hope to bring to light through all this is, like, sort of the personal side of, like, you know, what it's like to, you know, be the all-time leading scorer in NCAA basketball, you know, NBA career that, by all accounts, was was formidable. Uh, the, the stories of, you know, one of my favorite things you, you, we talk about is, uh, you know, just shooting it, is, uh, you know, when you would say, hey, such-and-such such is, you know, i ask a lot yeah you know, what about this dude what about that dude and you're like man he was a great teammate and i think that's things that that people you know i you know we could have somebody on like lebron james could be on here right and i think a common question people ask like like who's your least favorite player to guard or who's your worst you know who's the guy that always gives you fits when he's playing defense and, and sure that's interesting right But i think what people really want to know is like the stuff that like makes them human right like Yo, uh, like I always think, I think when we get Roy Williams on here, like the one question I want to ask is, dude, what do you do that just pisses your wife off? You know, I think that's something that people could relate. Oh, yeah. Like I actually like I leave my my glass on the on the coffee table, like whatever, man, it could be anything. But it's, it's that sort of things that uh, will you tell the boozer story?
1: Yeah, I'll tell the boozer story. I uh, mean, we don't have
0: to tell it now, but, like, that's one that, for instance, like, just – I mean, I don't know. I just love that story. It,
1: well, here, listen. The thing is, I love talking – well, I don't love talking. Um, I like talking about, you know, people ask about, hey, how was that guy who you played with? And everyone has, like, this built-up, like, idea of what this person is like. Or, like, hey, are they crazy? Or, you know, what are they like? And I'm like, no, he was a good teammate, really nice guy. And everybody's like, what? And I'm sitting here, I'm like, yeah, what'd you think? And sometimes I think, as a fan, I do it with a lot of sports, especially with the NFL. If I don't know somebody, I feel like I kind of base who they are off of how they play. And I think a lot of fans have done that with me. And we won't talk too much about, you know, my experience, but I'm willing to talk about, you know, stories of other players and stuff. I don't want every pod to be about me. It's not going to be about me. But I will talk, I will tell you, from my playing days, you would be surprised with the nickname Psycho T, that Jonah Serration, my strength coach in college, who still trains me to this day, when he gave me that nickname, you would be surprised what people thought I was like off the court. Now, when I was in college, I was a very quiet, shy kid. I've come a long way, um, had a touch of social anxiety growing up, totally gone, gotten rid of that now, much more comfortable, but I will say, the reactions that I used to get from fans would really catch me off guard and so I was really quiet and didn't know how to react sometimes because of the nickname Psycho T people thought I was legit crazy at times (laughs) and I don't know what they thought I would be doing or if I just had this unlimited energy but off the court I was very quiet and just kind of a chill guy and you know sleep will know sleep will tell you that too but you know I love to laugh I love to goof and I love to have fun and I think that kind of throws people off. Some people have an idea that I'm this way or that way. No, no I'm, I'm pretty laid back uh, off the court. And I'll, I'll talk to you guys and I'll tell you stories about some of my experiences or funny stories during my playing days that uh, will definitely make you guys laugh.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a a great point you bring up because, yeah, that's how I judge a lot of people, and that was one of the things where when I was with the DTH and one of the reasons that I didn't like, I mean, it was cool to have the access as a kid especially. I mean, I'm a Carolina fan. Like, I love it, and I'm, like, interviewing Roy Williams. I've interviewed Dean Smith, which was the pinnacle, and I'll tell that story, uh, which was, like, great. Like, Dean Smith is uh, everything you've ever read about that guy is true. Um, But, you know, one of the things that it – did to me that I didn't like was man if you just are interacting with I mean and let's face it if you go to Chapel Hill like you're going to school with like MBA effectively MBA stars like these guys are on TV they're on the cover of sports illustrated they're they're like famous and if if you're a fan there's something that goes away when you humanize that person to that level, like I remember after, after a while, when I'm like interviewing Roy Williams after practices and after games, it's like, I love Roy Williams, but it's like, once I got to know him as like a person, basically, he doesn't know me from anybody. Even if I walk, I could fall out of the sky and he wouldn't have any idea who I was, but I feel like I've gotten to know him because it's just like, okay, I talk to this guy almost, you know, weekly. And that luster of like, you kind of want these people to be on a pedestal. Like the only guy anymore that I've ever really been like super starstruck by is I was within like six feet of MJ once. Never said a word to the guy, whatever. Like that was a different story. And that's this is another, okay. So this is a segue, but, but, um, M- MJ, like that's going to be a theme on this show is before I either die or this show goes away, which. Hard to tell which will happen first because this show is about to be like – I mean, about to make Mike and Mike look like a season one of Curb Your Enthusiasm. But, um, dude, Jordan's coming on.
1: We're going to get Jordan. That is our goal.
0: We got to get the goat
1: on. And uh, I played for Jordan um, for a year in Charlotte. Uh, Obviously, he's the owner of the Hornets. Um, But, I I mean, yeah, just watching MJ around the building and, like, going to our games – You'd be surprised at the interactions, like, you know, how starstruck. I've never seen so many people be starstruck of a, of a person as a way of as they are of MJ. And I'll be honest with you, um, MJ is the reason we all, you know, we're playing in the playground sometimes, mm-hmm. watching his playoffs. And then you go to the basketball court in Poplar Bluff, Missouri, and it's slammed after the Knicks and Bulls mm-hmm. or the Jazz and Bulls. And when I first got to Charlotte, uh, I don't think I've ever – I don't even think I had any interactions with MJ my whole time at UNC. But when I signed with Charlotte, I remember he left me a voicemail. I didn't have that number, so I went straight to voicemail. And he called me. He's like, hey, I'm just congratulating you, helping us get to the top. Uh, I'm glad you're, part, glad, you're, glad you're on the team and uh, see you soon. It was kind of simple like that. And, uh, you know, that's MJ. I saved that voicemail. And but you lost his number You're right that I deleted the crazy. voicemail somehow oh. And uh, I haven't gotten
0: it Like um. we could call him right now The first episode We could be like Hey MJ man This is uh, Sleep Dog and, uh, and Big Hawk And uh, congratulations You've reached the pinnacle of your career and life And you're on live With the Sleep Hawk Worldwide pilot episode But hey Nonetheless man I th- always thought that was a funny story. I was like, hey, dude, because we were talking about playing at Old Chatham, and, like, my, my goal before we started the podcast was, like, dude, do you think there's any way we get Jordan to play golf? Like, what do we have to do? Could we do it? And Tyler just says, man, he used to have his phone number. I'm like, dude, who loses <laughs> Jordan's phone number? I mean, that's the ultimate phone number. I, you know, people. I'm not
1: sure if it was his his actual number or he was calling from, like, a, an app that created a number, but – I'm sure he's got multiple phone numbers and I'm sure the one he called me on, is it the one he keeps in his pocket? One eight hundred Oh man, dude, having
0: the goat on is, is definitely the goat move and something that we will accomplish before all is said and done, because he just bought a NASCAR team with Denny Hamlin Hamlin. Wow. Uh, you know, and, and, and that's an interesting story all, all to the side. And, 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 uh, you know, we've got some affiliations. You know, with the NASCAR. We've got a good
1: buddy that we both know, uh, Hermie Sadler, Tar Hill, who's affiliated with NASCAR. His brother Elliot, uh, great driver. Um, and uh, you know, we're gonna have to hit. We're gonna have to have him on and kind Gotta of explain him about NASCAR. And you know, being in North Carolina, being a North Carolina-based podcast. I think you got to have NASCAR on there. Oh yeah. You got to touch NASCAR. And the fact that we're sitting here talking about NASCAR the way we are and we're just destroying baseball is absolutely hilarious.
0: Oh god. Have you ever been in a NASCAR race? I have. I've, I've been to one. I've been in the pace car to NASCAR race. I've been in the pit on the damn wall while they're changing tires. And I mean, it's electric. Like I can't I don't want, I like you want to talk about baseball. I don't understand how people sit in a recliner and literally watch NASCAR. I mean, every every single person I ever knew that watched NASCAR would I'm talking I'm talking a case of domestic light beer to the absolute skull. And which uh, hey, look, I both respect and sort of fear uh but yeah, I mean, baseball's one thing, but god.
1: What what we're going to do eventually is we're going to take s-h-w-w right to the nascar right to a race sit our ass down with these two microphones slam some domestics with the mm. people and we're just going to sit here and talk about real life shit
0: could you imagine and if we drank white claws at nascar we'd probably get kicked out
1: i'm not, there's no chance i'm dr- the only way we'll drink white claws <laughs> is if cam goes with us and uh then we there's gotta go to because yeah if there's a waffle house which I'm sure NASCAR doesn't have a race outside of 30 miles of any Waffle House. Uh, I'm pretty sure we'll all be, that will be, we'll do a post race uh, pod right there at Waffle. That's a prerequisite. Mm-hmm. That's our buddy Cam. He does a Waffle Walk. It's the top five
0: worst Instagram story on the planet, but I think he thinks that women just dig it. And uh, I've never seen a woman that I think, you know, I would like want to strike up a relationship with or anything inside of a Waffle House. And uh, but I am pretty sure that they decide like the sole deciding factor on where to put NASCAR tracks is is there a Waffle House within
1: walking distance. And that's maybe the only way we get Cam on the podcast is just take it right to uh, Waffle House. And also, I want to say this other thing about Cam is like, Cam, do you think Waffle House is a turn on to these girls? Hmm. Like, if you're like, I think you're hitting the wrong demographic if you're talking about, oh yeah, you should see how many girls sign my DM after the Waffle House walks. I mean, could you, like, what girl is sliding your DMs as you're going to Waffle House? Hey, baby, can you hit me with that all-star slam dunk breakfast?
0: Yeah. Can I get uh, can I get some of those hash browns just smothered? Like, like <laughs> I don't want to be smothered by anything coming coming from Waffle House. But, yeah, so our buddy Cam, I mean, that's his thing, right? It's his go-to. He he, he posts the stories. You know, this guy's a legend in his own mind, you know. Uh, Great golfer. Yeah, he, he is the reason
1: that me and Sleep have developed this relationship. And maybe, possibly, the reason this podcast is on. That is absolutely true. Cam, Waffle House, Sexton, we all are golf buddies. And we met at Finley. And this is how this whole thing kicked off. And... And, and on a subsequent podcast, I want to bring
0: Cam into the show. And I want Cam to explain to you. In his own special way, how me and Big Hawk just laid wood to his plus two handicap and absolutely destroyed him on the golf course.
1: Let's talk about the, the cam dynamic. Uh, I think this ties in with the COVID crisis, too. Um, Cam, so Cam shot a, what is it? 60, 65. 65. At like Finley. he shot
0: a 65, like Barry Bonds hit 73. Home and run. so
1: what he did is obviously he plays from the tournament tees. He doesn't play for anything anywhere else. And so he, he, we don't really get a text. We have this other golf buddy. He's like, Cam just shot a 65. So knowing Cam, he kind of kept it quiet, but he kind of made some hints. He played a really good round. He wanted us just to hit him up, to let, like, you wanted so, us to come to him. Yeah, just to know that we know that he shot a 65. Not really to brag, but to brag. But to brag. Absolutely. And so, yeah. what had happened was they put these 10, like, they covered the holes with this metal.
0: No, they, Yeah, they pulled the cups out of the ground. And so
1: you were Half putting. Inch. Yeah, you were not putting into the, uh, into the hole. You did not physically have to pick your ball up out of the no hole. No foam noodles, none of that. I mean, literally the actual cup was just
0: placed about a, about a half inch or maybe even a full inch out of the ground. So all you had to do was put your ball against the outer rim of the cup, and by the course rules, these are the official course rules, it counted. Yeah, you hit
1: you hit the metal cup. It's good, and so to break it down for you guys, um, after that round, a day or two after. Me, Sleep, Cam, and some random guy that was playing behind us. We had a threesome, which is a no-no. So, they hooked us up with some random golfer. And I was like, well, I can't imagine. I hope this guy is good. I hope he's not slow. He was an old guy who wanted to play nine holes with us. So, on the eighth hole, which if you know Finley, is a par three. Mm. And I'll be damned if I didn't tee off. And I slam dunked that thing right on the metal thing. And it ricocheted off the metal thing. I threw my club up. High five sleep dog. I ran over there and high five this random 75 80 year old. He was a pharmacist. He and we all started jumping around look back at Cam and he hasn't moved, hasn't smiled. He's teeing up his damn ball right there. And I said, Cam, what in the hell? Just on? looks like someone what? hit
0: his dog on highway 70 with a Tahoe
1: and I said, Damn, Cam, what's up? And I was like, he he's like, What? And I was like, Cam, I just got a hole in one. And uh no reaction no, no reaction nothing. zero none i was like and so he's like that's not a hole of one and i was like what the hell do you mean i was what like do you call it you just recorded your 65 on your handicap app and my hole of one doesn't count now <laughs> and, and so i was like that's wrong so we got the we got the golf pro bay central and the golf pro said it's good no but that wasn't good enough so i had to send an email to the governor governing body of golf.
0: I think this it's is a, a USGA.
1: Story. This is a true And I story. said, is this a hole-in-one or not? And I'll be damned if it's not a damn hole-in-one. You have to physically pick your ball up out of the hole for it to be a hole-in-one. And listen, the only reason I was so excited, because I know I'll probably never get a hole-in-one in my life, and that's as close as I'll ever get. There's a good chance that Cam will probably get a hole-in-one. And if he does, I hope I'm there with him because – there will there won't be a high five. There, there won't be, a, won't be smile. a smile.
0: There will be nothing. I'm gonna
1: tee my ball up right after him, and I'm gonna hit my shot, and not even acknowledge it.
0: I'm gonna go up to the hole and grab his ball out of it and toss it over to him and just say, "Hey man, nice shot." You know, no, you don't get a picture. Like you just remember this one. You know,
1: I might leave.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the bad, the worst part is, is Tyler's ball. His, I mean, directly on top of this cup, bounces up into the sand trap. Now I'm not talking to Ricochet like he didn't clip this thing on the edge and it shot sideways. It lands on top of the cup as much as it could land, bounces effectively like
1: straight up into the right. Holes are capped, by the way, metal capping on the
0: holes. Yeah, and uh, you know the thing goes in the sand trap, and so you know Cam makes him play it out and takes a bookie. So so but by the book, what it was was a one, just not a hole in one. So what I told Tyler is, I was like, well, think about it this way, man. In 20 years, somebody's going to ask you, have you ever had a hole-in-one? And you get to tell them, I've had an ace, but never a hole-in-one. And let them figure that riddle out.
1: And listen, the only reason I didn't get that card framed and uh, get a picture is because I would hate to have a high 90 scored frame with a one on it and a picture of me next to that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man,
0: yeah. I mean, that was, uh, dude. Tyler's a good golfer. So in the stage of 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 of, uh, of golfers, you know, Cam is is as close. He'll tell you he's scratched, which probably means he's like a three. Uh, I'd say. What do you What do you think your handicap is at your best? Like a, a eight or a nine?
1: I would say about it. Eight or nine,
0: right? And I'm probably – the best I've ever been is a 13, and that was probably stretching because I used to play at a really bad course, like my small town hometown. I'd say my best – I mean, the best score I've ever shot from, like, the backs is, like, 82. And, uh, yeah, I mean, so when I'm bringing the noise, I'm a 15. And, um, yeah, so – but, see, here's the thing. is like when me and Big Hog get on the course, you're not going to stop us because what do the great ones have?
1: A switch, period period. And let me tell you something, Sleep may not be a good golfer, but he knows how to turn it on at the right moments. Mm. And he can turn it on. You talk a little shit to him, you piss him off a little bit. Oh yeah. You hear Sleep dog go a little silent. Oh yeah. And then you see like you see like this look in his eyes. Phil Collins. And I've only seen I've only seen this look in like Tiger Woods Masters.
0: Probably. Um maybe MJ with the flu. Yeah,
1: MJ Flu game. Mm-hmm. And I was I and I was playing with Sleep recently, and I think we might have been partners, might have not been. But we were playing with old Hermie, Hermie Sadler. Old big Herm. Big Herm. And uh we had this uh, this other guy on there who we won't say his name. I forgot his name, but Cannon. Uh Cannon, yeah. Terms Cannon. How in the hell can you not how can you forget, yeah, that I one? forget Cannon, But uh
0: superior athlete,
1: according <laughs> to <him. laughs> superior athlete, uh also a singer. Um <laughs> but <laughs> It wasn't like – you know, we looked at Herm and we looked at Cannon and me and Sleep Dog, two young guys, 30s, and we're getting kind of beat up by these old, out of shape. Now, Hermie's not in his driving weight. I would say he's beyond that. Yeah. Not anything against – I think Hermie would agree with that.
0: Oh, Herm, and, would, Herm would appreciate that, uh, yeah. you know, the honesty.
1: Yeah, and uh, I'll just be honest with you. Hermie's not – I mean, he's not gonna, an athlete. Yeah, he's not going to be in the Olympics next year. And that's not a knock to him. He knows his prime has passed. But <laughs> you saw a switch and flip on the back nine, and he brought us back to home base. And I respect that.
0: I was just firing studs at the, I mean, just absolute missiles at the pin. I think I shot a 41 on the back. I shot a 92 that day. I had. Four triples on the front nine, and Adam, this is at Old Chatham. Not an easy golf course. Not an
1: easy course. Home base for the big dog.
0: So yeah, I mean, look, that was one of my better rounds. Uh, you know, that was, uh, you know, hey, you get behind, you get behind two o in the in the finals, and you know, I mean, there's, you got one choice. You either you either pack it up and go home,
1: or you flip the switch. Exactly. We'll flip that switch right here on the pod too. We're just gonna get some guests, and uh, this it's gonna be great. This is gonna be a great pod for you guys.
0: I think we've got about twelve minutes remaining here. And so we're gonna uh you know, we're gonna transition into um, you know, a few things that you know we're uh who knows what we're transitioning into. I think twelve minutes puts us at an hour, which I think is a a great length for a pod such as this because you know traditionally you're gonna listen. What does Joe Rogan go?
1: Who cares, right? Nobody listens. to that Joe song. Rogan goes a long time, but yeah. I will say the one thing about Joe Rogan is he has really good guests. Yeah, he's got I mean, great guests. We'll mention the best guests we're gonna get. Yeah, we got to work our way up there. He didn't go to UNC. No, and probably never been here. I, you know, I'll tell you. I listen to Rogan. I like his podcast. Um, I do too. He's a good stepping stone for us. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's make way, Joe. Here we come. So here's 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 uh here's what's been
0: going on with old uh a sleep dog lately. So let's let's transition out of the sports world and into the real world. And you know, one of the things that is is super interesting right now for everyone that everyone can relate to is just life in the COVID era, in the COVID crisis. And it's just different. It's different in a lot of ways. It's different from work perspective, it's different from, you know, obviously you know, people are out here shooting sixty fives on the mm-hmm. golf course that don't really deserve to shoot sixty fives, um, which we never actually got to. Um, the fact that the whole point in the sixty five was when they put the cups back into the ground. That's when we we just flipped the switch and old Cam became old Hulu. <laughs> I think we missed that part. So before we even get into COVID, it, can where it's hit fun?
1: people in different ways. Yeah, uh, mentally, physically. And emotionally. Yeah,
0: emotionally. I guess mentally is emotional. And
1: but. and what I think it did to Cam is having the caps on the hole took away that, that big flaw in his game. That he just can't hole out a hole. Yeah. He just can't hole out. But if he can get close and just ding. Oh, yeah. I think he's a I, – I put him up against – Anybody on Put the Put him against board. Tiger. Yeah. Put, bring Tiger out there and let's see if old Cam. Bring Tiger will cap out. these holes up and we'll see if old yeah. Cam can give him a run. But I'll tell you, as soon as you remove those holes, that's when me on Sleep Dog, we have a chance at beating Cam. Bury him. Bury him. And you know what we have? We have the mental edge. We and that's what, that's what I think Cam really realized that day. He's like, man, if I could just hole out, I think I'd
0: have a chance. And a subsequent time we were playing him and he got so nervous. All right, dude, this is remind you like to remind you, you know, we're telling you the audience, most of you about a person that you don't know. Okay? This guy was a college athlete, a stud by all regards, very athletic. Very athletic, great golfer, never take that away from the guy. But he gets in the arena with two people that are just mentally stronger than he is, and you know what he does? On the 10th tee, this guy, I mean, I, have you ever in your life heard a story like this? This guy tees his ball up outside of the tee box, outside, shook. literally tees it Absolutely.
1: up. Absolutely, COVID has shook it. outside
0: shooken. on the other side of the tee box. Literally, doesn't realize it and tees off. And you know, I mean, like we, hey, we, we 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 treat him as he would treat us, and you know, we called him on it. it was a two-stroke penalty, and uh, you know. It cost him a subsequent match. He'll tell you all day long about how he beat us uh, subsequently, but you know he didn't. A and then B. I mean, dude, the guy cheated. And He's so, honest. Yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, I'm telling you, it, there's, there's one of the things that's going to happen eventually is we're going to have a Sleep Hawk Worldwide Invitational. You know, this barstool thing. Like you forget two. it. Yeah, forget it going to barstool. Those guys are those guys are doomed as soon as this hits the airwaves. Sir. Yeah, Yeah, we can go to Pinehurst. Yeah, we're probably going to to Augusta. We'll open the gates to Augusta. And uh, you guys can all join if you want when we get finished with the place. And, uh, yeah, so
1: anyway. Yeah, subscribe and like and get a membership. Yeah,
0: subscribe, like, get a membership. Five stars on the uh, Apple Podcast Store or wherever these podcasts are sold. Um, And also, of course, if Augusta, if you're listening, you want to donate, I mean, or sponsor the podcast, uh, we'll promise – We'll take the ice off before we come Maybe play we game. come and play. I feel like – I don't yeah, know if you guys true. have a par
1: three minimum.
0: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure that I even want to go out there. I mean, everybody it – like, it's like, a, you know, every golf fan is like, oh, Augusta. It's like, man, play a, play a real
1: course. Listen, me and Sleep Dog, we're not like the uppity. I mean, we'll go to Knightsdale and have a great time. Absolutely. We don't need, a, we don't need the best golf course in the world. Like, put us on Knightsdale. Put us on – Finley's a great public course. Absolutely. Put us, on, put us on the – we want to be with the people. I tell hey, you one place period. we will go, we'll go low. <laughs> we'll, we'll go low. We'll I don't, I don't low. care where you put us, Augusta, <laughs> Nightsdale, expect that thing to be low.
0: Yeah, I mean, you might as well just, uh, you know, break out the course record book and get your erasers out when the big dog comes around. Um, so, anyway, yeah, golf is uh, going to get pretty dormant here pretty soon, um, you know, and, and that's fortunate for the golf world because, you know, we don't quite want to – You know, we don't want to take over yet. I mean, Tyler's still playing basketball. I'm still playing DraftKings, fantasy Mm -hmm. football. Uh, You know, so we're still in our prime. And, um, you know, like golf is probably what's next for us to take down besides the podcast world.
1: Golf's a challenge for us. But, hey, we are going to start a group on DraftKings. And uh, we'll put that on the the SleepHawk Insta so you guys can get on there and join us. We'd love to have you guys on there and get a big pool going and see what happens.
0: We're also gonna hit up a website here pretty soon. You know, we're getting everything kind of formalized here. Uh, I think this is the first step in that direction. We are, uh, of all the things we joke around about, I think we're very serious about this. Uh, I've gotten a lot of support from my friends and and connections, which I appreciate. I know Big Hawk here has as well. Um, So we're gonna shoot some subsequent episodes. Give us feedback about what you wanna talk about. Give us feedback about what you like, what you don't like. Um, you know, we're gonna uh, toss this over to some production We've got a lot of people that have volunteered to help us which we appreciate uh, And so we're gonna try to make this thing real and we're gonna try to uh, you know Really try to grow it here. It's a fun thing for us like we said and you know We just want most of all you guys to enjoy it and I think if that happens we will enjoy it along the way so with that being said big hawk
1: Yep at this hey guys, we uh We're really looking forward to this podcast. Please hit us up in the DMs and give us your honest answer. We're not sensitive. Let us know if it sucks. Let us know if we need to change the time frame. You want more, you want less. DTHs? Yeah, anything else. So uh, this is Big Hawk. I'm out. Uh, Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys next time. This is Big Sleep Dog, and we are
0: signing off the first pilot episode. We will see you soon.